How are we doing, Jets fans? I'm Glenn Norton with Jet Nation Radio, JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of one of the most active Jets message board on the web. Joined, as usual, by Dylan Terriman and Chris Schubert. Plenty going on in Jets land, as you know. And really, guys, a lot going on. But good news for those of us who have been screaming for this team to make changes. And I would like the Twitter folks to take note. I've had a lot of people in recent weeks come at me for suggesting changes, like getting angry, like, dude, you're not a coach. You're not the GM. They know what's best. And I'm like, look, sometimes they get it wrong. And it looks like they're finally catching on. We see Michael Carter let go, very popular guy in the locker room. I like, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a Jets fan that doesn't like Michael Carter, the person, but he's been really bad this year. Uh, wasn't so great last year. Some more moves have to be coming. It certainly sounds like that's the case. Um, as far as you guys are concerned, whether you want to predict which moves you think are coming or talk about which moves you would make if you were in charge, you know, king for a day, you can make a few changes to this offense. You can't blow the whole thing up because that ain't happening as much as you might like to. But what are you doing? What do you think is going to happen or what would you like to see happen? Go ahead and uh, let's kick it off, Dylan. Yeah, I think uh, I tweeted it out about two hours ago that there's just three additional things I would do. And obviously one is a direct fallout of Michael Carter being released. I'm going to go in order of how I prioritize them based on what I see rewatching these games, what I think is more important. The first one, less CJ Uzama, more Rucker. Obviously Robert Sala alluded to it. We've been screaming it from the top of our lungs all summer long that he should be tight end two by now and trajecting to tight end one by the end of the season. Obviously Conklin's having a good year. But Jeremy Ruckert needs to be tight end, too. So that was first on my list. Number two, and this works in with the Michael Carter thing, more Dalvin Cook on third downs. Michael Carter was being misused as a third down back, and the things that he does well are not third down back qualities. Obviously, pass protection is an issue for him. Catching the ball has been an issue for him this year, so that wasn't it. Dalvin Cook could potentially be that third down back. Obviously, he's not great at pass pro, but I think he gives you a better chance than Carter did. And that allows you to use Izzy Abanacanda as your change of pace back behind Brees Hall. So you have Brees Hall on like your, your big downs, your first and tens or whatever. And then you can spell Izzy on some of those screens and whatnot, and then keep Dalvin as your third down back. That was my number two. Number three, less Alan Lazard. I'm sorry. He's an Aaron Rodgers guy. And like if Aaron Rodgers is not throwing him the ball, he does not look like he belongs on an NFL football field. He's dropping too many passes. He's making lazy mistakes with penalties. So I want to see a little bit more, even if it is Brownlee or Malik Taylor, I think they do it in a different skill position rather than wide receiver. But if you're going an eye for an eye at wide receiver, I'd love to see more Brownlee or Taylor. So those are my three additional changes that I think I would do. You can't really do much to the O-line. We don't really have the pieces unless it's Roger Saffel for Xavier Newman, which is okay. <clears throat> it's not like the greatest fix. Roger Saffel has his warts too, but Xavier Newman is, is very green. So we need to replace him as soon as possible. But other than that, you're not changing play caller. You're not changing quarterback at this point. That last game was the game to change your quarterback. We said it after the, the game against the Chargers. You want to bench Zach, that's the game, but you know what's going to happen is you give him one last chance. He does just enough to prove that he's the guy and that the other quarterbacks weren't going to do a damn thing against the Raiders anyway. So it's a tough position, but there's still some more fixes that we can do other than cutting our third string running back. 
So I have two lists, and this is funny because I did not know this is ex- this was exactly going to be the topic for today's show. But I have a bunch of notes that I wrote down at work today, which I very rarely do for this show. This is I'm mainly off the cuff when I do this show because we live and breathe this team every day. I've got a pretty good feel on it. But I wrote some things down just to make sure I hit them. And my list here is a six-part plan entitled Things the Jets Can, and I have can in all caps, change on offense. And so that's not including like changing play callers or changing quarterbacks or injuries to the offensive line, things that are out of their control. These are controllable factors for the New York Jets. And I will say, I agree that making a change at tight end, getting more Jeremy Ruckert snaps is a big one. I'd get Brees Hall more involved on third down, right? And have him in a, in a third down role as well. Getting Izzy involved. Those are all great things. But I have I have three big ones. I have Izzy over Dalvin Cook. I have Brees third down passing touches and playing Ruckert over CJ were things four, five, and six. But the three major things that if I was king for a day of the New York Jets, this is what I would do. Add motion to the offense. Do you know that the New York Jets last year, guys, had the fifth most snaps with motion in the National Football League? Fifth most. You went from fifth most. I wasn't able to pull the statistics. I spent more time than I cared to admit looking for the statistics of how many snaps they had in motion this season. I couldn't find it. I'm assuming it's not top five. I'm assuming it's not top 10. I'm assuming it's not top 15. I'm assuming it's a bottom half of the league offense in terms of motion. And so you have now completely taken away something that was a core strength of this football team. And I will ask the question out loud to the group here. You drafted this kid with a system in mind. You're going to run the Shanahan McVay system that is so predicated on motion, making things easy for a quarterback. And then two years in, you say, hey, buddy, you're going to have to learn an entire new offense. And everyone's kind of surprised that he's struggling. Everybody's kind of surprised that it's not all clicking right away. They've taken away one of their big resources. And so adding motion back into the offense is a choice. They can choose to do that. And if they can't, then Nathaniel Hackett's not up for the job because it is a choice they can make to bring in plays that utilize more more motion. So that's thing number one. Thing number two, you need to add more QB design runs. You need to use more read option plays that is forcing a defender to decide, am I going to go after Brees Hall or am I going to stick with Zach Wilson? And if you do more QB draws, more read options, I'm not saying run around like Lamar Jackson and have that be a staple of your offense, but do it just enough to where there needs to be honesty from the defense of this kid can keep the ball and he can run and he can make us pay as well. So that's thing number two. And thing number three is you got to be more aggressive as a play caller. You cannot coach scared in the first quarter. First down passing plays. Second down and short, if you get a big breeze play on first down, can we maybe take a shot on second down to try to pick up a big chunk play? And then on third down, if we have to run the ball, I I cannot tell you how often we see run for eight yards, run for minus two yards, run for two yards punt. That is the Jets offensive scheme through the first three quarters with Nathaniel Hackett. And then they're down and it's like, okay, now we'll air it out. And all of a sudden there are chunk plays. So more aggressive play calling. Again, that's a choice. It is a choice to call the plays that they're calling in the fourth quarter that they're successful with early in the game. So you have to do that. You have to add motion. And you have to add more QB design runs. And if you're not going to do those things, just pack it up. If you're not going to willingly make changes that can, can at least, because at least then I can, I can buy into this idea of they're trying. They're trying to do different things. And I don't think they're doing that right now. So hopefully we see some of those things on Sunday, but that that's my list. Well, I think that's what makes it all so frustrating is that we're seeing a team that that could make these these subtle changes. I mean, this isn't earth-shattering stuff that's going to take, you know, that would take months to implement, you know, add, adding motion to the offense. We, you know, we finally saw this past week, we saw Zach Wilson use his legs more than he has at any point. And every time you see him do that, you just think, why is that not a part of the offense? Why are we not seeing three or four, as you said, Chris, it really with both things, with Zach running and with throwing the ball down the field, do it enough that a defense has to account for it. You know, right now, I feel like if you sat 
Nathaniel Hackett down in a room by himself and asked him to draw you a football field, it would be 20 yards long. Like, that's it. The guy does not see beyond 20 yards. And I said when he was hired, you know, I said, we can't hold this guy accountable. We can't hate on this kid because of what his father did. Well, now he's doing all the same stuff his father did. He's got his own resume now. He's got his own resume in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's not good. And it, you know, the 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 offenses he's worked with, I tweeted it out the other day and then Russell Wilson went out through a couple more touchdown passes. He already had as many touchdown passes, you know, by week 8 than he had all year last year. And even with Russell Wilson, yes, he has lost a step. He has lost his fastball. You've seen him having to throw with a lot more touch than he ever did, but he's still playing at a much higher level than he did under Hackett. And as Jets fans, it's absolutely infuriating. Um, John Hepburn says here the, and this is the, this is one of the questions. I actually I hadn't cooked it in, but but really we should talk about it. If and when Dwayne Brown comes back, does he go back to left tackle just out of sheer necessity, not because you want to move Makai back then again, not because it helps Makai at all, but for the sake of the team, do you say, look, Brown's going back to left tackle because him at left and Makai on the right is the best thing because you can kick Mitchell inside and he replaces Xavier Newman. Then you've got Tipman and Tomlinson at center and left guard, respectively. What do you do with these two tackles once Brown comes back, Chris? Yeah, I, I, I think you have to ask yourself, what is a more easy thing to implement? Asking Dwayne Brown to go to a position he's never played before at 40-plus years old or however old he is, or asking Mekhi Becton to do what, unfortunately, he's done each of the first three years of his career, which is get time at both spots, right? And in college. Right, like he's just been yeah. moved all over the place. What's the easier thing to implement for a team that we've all admitted here tonight doesn't implement things very well. Their installation on offense is poor, right? Like they don't execute things well. So what's going to be the easiest thing to execute? I hate to, to have to move Bakai Becton with the way that he's playing this season, but the best course of action for the New York Jets to get a stable offensive line to maybe help with some of the deficiencies they're getting at the quarterback position is I think you have to move Becton over to the, to, to the right tackle spot. And I think the offensive line that John put out there is probably the best five they got. The best five are going to play. Those are the best five. Brown at left tackle, Tomlinson, Tipman, Mitchell, Becton, and you roll with that five, and hopefully you can find some consistency. But here we are again, another week, another question of who are the starting five offensive linemen going to be for the New York Jets on a given week. Like it, it's it's a broken record. We've been doing this for two years now because this was a conversation last year. Like we've been having this conversation week in and week out of what I'm getting tired of each broadcast, CBS, Fox, ESPN, putting up the graphic and saying this was the How team's many different st- offensive starting line offensive line. And then they they shuffle the deck chairs around and like this was the group last week. And then they shuffle them again. And they're like, this is the group this week. And then they put the statistic on the bottom of the Jets are the only team in the National Football League to not have a uh, the same five starting offensive line and play three weeks in a row. Whatever scoop statistic they're able to come up with to show how poor the offensive line has been. And so they've got to find some consistency. They've got to find five guys that can stay healthy and stay on the field. But here we are another week where we're having this conversation. And, you know, I said a few weeks ago that I was tired of uh, people joking that the Jets need to draft seven offensive linemen, which they don't. But I I said I would not oppose three at this point, the way things have gone the last couple of years. But, Dylan, the question I wanted to throw at you is um, we heard today from Garrett Wilson, the team held a – players only meeting which is always awesome because they only have those when things are going really well it's always the best sign when i hear players only i'm like yes they must be rolling right along so players only meeting today does that worry you a little bit or is it just you know it is what it is at this point not much more can worry me about the offense so at least this shows that the team and the, and the young players like Garrett Wilson, he led the meeting. Like they're showing a little bit of accountability 
And I felt like you could start to see, and this was a big problem last year, and you were talking about Dwayne Brown. He was a culprit of it too, body language. And Garrett Wilson was starting to display some negative body language on the field this Sunday night. And I felt like it was inevitable that somebody was going to have to sit everybody down and just have a big collective talk. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with it at this point, the bottom can't really fall out much more. We're 30th in multiple rankings. I think if it wasn't for Tommy DeVito, we'd be 31st or 32nd in, in most of these offensive categories. So you can't really fault them for doing it. Obviously you don't want to be at this point in the season. Um, I don't know if this was directly related, but Robert solid mentioned again about, um, the best coach teams are the teams that coach themselves. And I don't think that you want it to get to this point, but I understand what he's saying about teams needing that, that leadership from inside the locker room, not the coaches injecting it into the players, but vice versa. So it's kind of tough to see, you know, nine weeks into this, obviously no Aaron Rodgers, And that brings me to my point about motion in a minute. Um, But yeah, it's tough to see nine weeks in when, we were yelling for all these changes to be made for the past month and and nothing has been done. Um, the point I wanted to make about motion, Rogers doesn't like it. So the offense right. built around Rogers was very few, very little motion. He didn't need that man zone indicator. However, when he goes down and you know, Zach Wilson needs those man zone indicators, you need to start running motion. Michael LaFleur ran a lot of motion. People were mad at it, mad at him for it, but when you see the contrast of no motion and what it's doing to your young player who can't decipher things pre-snap at an Aaron Rodgers type level, you need to implement motion. That's going to make it easier for him to understand if it's man so that he can take off and run in a QB run like Chris was talking about. It allows you to be more aggressive if you understand you have man-to-man on the outside with Garrett Wilson, not just a a three-by-one and you're throwing it to the option in like a little bubble screen because you see the 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 corner playing off coverage. If you know it's man and you got a post route against too high, yeah, then you know, go take that shot. But you really don't find out a lot of that stuff without motion or being in those situations. And Zach Wilson proves that he needs those indicators to help along the way to get him to the right answers, so to speak. Yeah, that that's one thing that I, I never understand. And, and I don't like that Robert Sala used that this week as an excuse like, First of all, nobody cares. Like, coach the team. Nobody wants to hear those excuses. Um, and it's like, was there not a plan? Like, did they not, at no point, at any point, after the Aaron Rodgers deal, did they not sit down and say, look, guys, we just acquired a 38-year-old. What's the plan if he gets hurt? Like, here we are. Like, apparently This not. was the plan. This was Apparently the plan. they didn't. Yeah. yeah the plan no, 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 was to no, no, not know what the, the hell plan, you're doing this until week. The plan was to take a look at things in week nine and say, what should we do now? Like, so if you say that in week two or three, it's like, well, I kind of don't want to hear it, but I get it. Like you thought you were going to have Aaron Rodgers and you don't. So now you're making it up as you go along or figuring out to say in week nine, like, yeah, you know, let's be honest. This offense was built for Aaron. Whose offense was Zach Wilson running in training camp? Like, what was he doing? Right. He and, and why, again, why was there not a plan in place for we just got a 38-year-old, we better be ready? Hell, any, no matter what, quarterbacks get, what, there's like seven backups started last week. Like every week, every year, guys get hurt. And there was no plan in place for what happened when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. 
in a league where all we hear about is the importance of attention to detail. And here we are week nine and the Jets are like, oh, maybe we should stop running Aaron's offense this week. I I don't get it. You are that one dimensional as an offensive play caller and as an offensive mastermind that you can't do anything different. It's week nine, like you said. Like you're that one dimensional as a play caller that you can't come up with anything else. Listen, I have a lot of thoughts on Hackett that I, w- I want to get to here in a second, but I want to address the players own- only meeting because I'm going to be that guy. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, I was the guy on the show that said the Jets weren't going to make the playoffs when we did our prediction predictions. I'm the negative Nancy in the room and I'm going to be it again. I think this spells bad news for Robert Sala because as bad as things got in 2022, it never got to this point where the players are calling a players only meeting to have conversations about what they're going to do to get out of this mess. To me, this says that the message that Robert Sala is preaching behind closed doors is starting to fade and it is starting to wear off. And there are people that are starting to get really, really upset about the way things are going. And I don't know who called the players only meeting, but this meeting was called because maybe some people in that room felt like things were starting to kind of skid off the road and they're trying to keep it on the tracks. And so to me, that's my big takeaway. I don't know anybody in that room. I haven't had those conversations, but to me, the the alarm is blaring that this is now Robert Sala. That message is not landing the way that it, because this didn't happen last year. They benched Zach Wilson twice. This didn't happen. This year, Aaron Rodgers goes down week nine. They're having a players-only meeting. So th- that's my take on the players-only meeting. When it comes to Hackett, this is the other part of the notes here that I have written down here. And these are two questions that are somewhat rhetorical, but I'd like to answer as a group. Question number one that I have is, if this team wants to stick with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, why can't they do the things that we listed as a group earlier? Why can't they make a change? And because I have it written down, written down here. They drafted a kid to play in a specific system. He's now not playing that system. And they're all looking at each other like, oh, why, why is this not working? Why is this kid not playing very well? Well, I don't know. You had him learn a system that was pretty complex for two years. And then you benched the kid. You traded for his replacement. You told him he wasn't going to play. And he was going to spend the time learning a brand new system. And now four plays in, you say, hey, kid, that new system that you kind of sort of learned, it, we're through the first semester of school. Uh, yeah, you got to take the final exam right now. Here, here you go, buddy. Here's the final exam. Oh. You're 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 getting a, a D minus. Oh, I'm so shocked that you're getting a D minus on the final exam. Like that's what we're talking about here. Like it's like somebody taking AP French and in the first quarter you're saying here's the final exam and they just started the class. Like I, I don't know what we expect from from Zach at this point. Again, and this is not defending Zach. He's been bad at times this season, but I don't know what the realistic expectations were. And so if it's Zach, then you got to make a change to have somebody that can run this offense whether it's Tim Boyle or, or Trevor Simeon, but they don't want to do that. So if you're going to keep Zach, then change the other elements. And if you're not willing to change the other elements, here is the $64,000 question to the room here. And there are a lot of people that don't want to talk about this because they've got dreams and visions of grandeur of Aaron Rodgers coming back and potentially saving the season or what 2024 is going to look like. I will ask this question to you too. Is Nathaniel Hackett going to stay on as the offensive coordinator of this football team after Aaron Rodgers chooses to hang it up? Because then what does the quarterback room look like? Is Nathaniel Hackett going to be a part of the team that picks the new quarterback? Because I don't want any part of that. Are you only keeping Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator to keep Aaron Rodgers around? Because boy, does that spell disaster long-term if you if you swing and miss and go over in terms of winning a championship. Because what does this look like in 2025 if Nathaniel Hackett is the OC? Does anybody on this call, does anybody listening to this show trust Nathaniel Hackett to be a part of the decision-making process of picking a quarterback with the GM who whiffed it on the second overall pick? If Nathaniel Hackett no. is gone, I question the process of hiring Nathaniel Hackett in the first place to be your offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers. And then you're going to give the decision maker who took Zach Wilson with the second overall pick, and that didn't work out very well, another opportunity to swing at a quarterback. So to me, Nathaniel Hackett still being on this team and being a coach right now gives me more questions than it does answers long-term for the New York Jets. Because again, you're putting all your chips in the middle of 2024 being the year that you win a Super Bowl. And if you don't, 
What does that look like? Is Nathaniel Hackett just getting kicked out of the door? I don't think so. I think yeah. the second Aaron Rodgers is gone, Nathaniel Hackett goes with him. Th- then then um, that's malpractice. That's Joe Douglas. Right. with That's malpractice from a coaching it's, perspective. It's, it's, it's malpractice. It's, it's the Jets trying to get a quick fix and win, you know, win a Super Bowl. And the best trying way to, to take do advantage of the get roster. Aaron Rodgers. And the best way to get Aaron Rodgers was to hire his best friend. Yeah. I think it was is. It like a, was it? Because then he would have been in Denver last year. Well, that, that wasn't. Maybe he didn't want to be in Denver last there, year. There, there wasn't as much bad blood. Green Bay gave him a huge contract extension. It looked like everything was yeah. all rosy. And then once they pissed him off, he was like, you know what? I don't care about the contract. I want to go. And he wanted to go to the place where Hackett was. I can't. I can't get on. I'll, I'll, I'll say this as somebody who wanted to keep Mike Lafleur and get rid of Zach Wilson, and if you needed to, Elijah Moore. Um, I don't think Rodgers was probably going to come here without Hackett. So for that exclusive reason, I'm okay with it. But like you said, if he's gone, the second Rodgers is gone, and that's kind of it's almost the hope of Jets fans at this point. It's like be, all right, got to be the plan. You can't like, have and a plan. To and keep that's what's really shitty about what. It. What kind of plan is that? That's, That's the worst really kind of plan. That's yeah. the, the, the only the team that could try a plan like that is the New York Jets. They're the, the only team that would ever think of it. It's unbelievable. The plan is what do we have to do to get Aaron Rodgers in here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. now that he's here, once he's gone, all that stuff we had to do to get him here, we're going to undo. And, the, and, oh, here and we go. look, and the plan is if they win the Super Bowl, nobody gives a damn. What happened? Yeah, More comments came in. I wanted to put John's is, comment up because I think this is ahead. this is important. I think – you have your your potential options for pipeline offensive coordinators in-house, but I think this is one that's not talked about. Ron Middleton, he gets his boys to play, and he will inspire a locker room full of men. I don't know if he would be a very good offensive coordinator to the point of being a play caller, but if you're just looking for somebody to hold down the fort, I, th- I think Middleton could do it, but I always felt like under Lafleur that Calabrese was the guy, like the understudy that they wanted to build yeah. up. And now at this point, I don't know who that guy is. So it's really tough. You're not going to move on in season, obviously. And if you do move on, you have to go externally to replace him, which means you're probably replacing your whole offensive staff or majority of it. Yeah, so, you can't do that in season. That's not. No, that's, exactly. Yeah. So you really can't cut the head off the snake now. And when it does come down to it, you're probably just going to have to rip it down to the studs anyway and just rebuild your offensive staff. It's crazy that we're sitting here talking about the potential of our offensive coordinator being bad when the Bills are a top offense and fired their offensive coordinator just three days ago. Like That was weird. That was, I it, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk that much about the Bills, but that was just weird. I feel like everything that went wrong in that game had to do with, like, the players, like fumbles and drop passes. Yeah. And, and you fired. It's almost like they just, uh, he got scapegoated, let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. And uh, but it's just it just goes to show that other teams are looking inward at themselves and saying, hey, we got to make a change. And they're making drastic changes while we're just, you know, cutting yeah. Michael Carter, who probably doesn't need to be cut. Really. But, I, but I again, and, and, but I talk. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know I, this is something I talked about the other day. They're kind of stuck. Like, yeah, you're, Boyle is not an NFL quarterback. He's another no, not he's st- another he's another Aaron Rodgers guy. I, Glenn, can I push back? They're not stuck. They're not stuck. They can, they, they, they can fire Nathaniel Hackett. They can fire Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, so so then what's the plan next year for quarterback? But 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 that's Rogers that's retires. You got okay. Zach Wilson. I, I'm sorry, but if you're gonna let Aaron Rodgers and what is right now a ruptured Achilles hold your entire organization hostage, then you deserve all of this. They as a franchise and, deserve. And maybe it. they do, and maybe and they, they, they don't do, deserve. That's what they don't doing. deserve me feeling sorry for them. They don't deserve. To me, this you for for those who are like, oh, it's it's only been nine games, really. 
do we really need to, to, to litigate this? Do you want to go back and look at the offense? The offense this year for the New York Jets is worse than the offense that Nathaniel Hackett had in Denver. And everybody laughed out loud. I can remember the weekly the, the weekly segments on Get Up on ESPN where they would talk about, man, if only this Denver offense could score like 18 points, they would win every game because of how good their defense is. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Does that sound yep. familiar to exactly the way the New York Jets are going in 2023? You yep. can make a change. Let's call this what this is. Aaron Rodgers is the GM, president of football ops, and owner yes, of this organization yes. right now. And so, yeah. and I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I like Aaron. I like that he's here. Right. I'm hopeful for what 2024 can be. But, and they're never going to come out and say this, but the right answer is to come to the podium and say, this entire season is based on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not here. Don't watch the games because this isn't going to work. We'll see in 2024. But they're not going to say that out loud. But that's where we're at. Because if they won't fire Nathaniel Hackett for being a terrible offensive coordinator and not doing any of the things that we've listed here that are easy, if the three of us can sit at home and say, hey, maybe do some more motion. Hey, maybe be more aggressive in your play calling. Hey, maybe utilize the quarterback who almost caught a touchdown running the football, extended multiple drives with his legs running the football. Maybe mm -hmm. utilize that guy in that way a little bit more. If they're not willing to do that, then I'm sorry. You don't deserve to be an offensive coordinator in this league just because you're best friends with Aaron Rodgers. The the, the Jets right now have are using roughly five roster spots and $30 million on guys who would not be in the NFL if they were not on the Jets. And the most I mean, important well, Alan offensive Lazard coach. would be in the NFL, but he's not good. But Randall Cobb would not be in the NFL. Dalvin Cook was a free agent for how long before the Jets finally signed him? Uh, Robert Turner is not good enough. Tim Boyle? Tim Boyle threw one touchdown in college. I don't know how that guy snuck into the NFL. I think it's an incredible story, but I don't know if we should laugh at it or make a movie about it. I don't know how you throw one college touchdown and you're in the damn NFL. And, and this is why. But, but these are all Aaron Rodgers' buddies. These are the guys he wanted. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got, you're taking up five roster spots and 30 million in cap space on guys who don't belong. And this is why Robert Sala, when asked by Michael Kay about making a quarterback change, pleads the fifth. Because he can't give the answer that he wants to give. He can't give the truthful, honest answer, which is this entire thing crumble. It, it, it's weird that we're sitting here and this team is still technically mathematically in it. This was over four plays in. Four plays in, everything they built completely crumbled. And guess what? There was no answer. Because no matter who you bring in, and I wrote this down too because I knew people were going to come, come at me with this at some point. Do you want to know why Josh Jobs is succeeding in Minnesota? Because Kevin O'Connell is an offensive genius and is mm -hmm. crafting plays and is in his headset saying, this is the look that you're going to get. If not, do this, do X, Y, and Z. In the middle of a game when he just showed up a couple days ago. Why is C.J. Stroud having success in, in Houston with Bobby Slowick because Bobby Slowick is a really good offensive mind and is creating very good schemed up plays for C.J. Stroud. Also, C.J. Stroud is immensely talented. Where is that with the New York Jets? Is Nathaniel Hackett breaking down plays with Zach Wilson in his headset? Is Nathaniel Hackett Bobby Slowick? He's not. Like, there's, there's talks of Bobby Slowick getting head coaching interviews this offseason for the job that he's doing offensively. Ben Johnson is coaching circles around people with the job that he's doing in Detroit, getting Jared Goff to being almost an MVP candidate with the way that he's playing up there. What's Nathaniel Hackett doing? Uh, you know, I'm one-dimensional. The West Coast offense, I can't do anything different. This, this entire thing's built for Aaron Rodgers. That, that's bullcrap. I'm sorry. It, that, that cannot be the case. And, and if they're not willing to do the thing that could potentially help this, which is get somebody new in there because they're afraid of upsetting Aaron Rodgers' feelings, then guess what? Everything that gets said about them, everything that is discussed with this team and Robert Sala's job security and Joe Douglas's job security is warranted. It is 
the criticism that is being leveled against them is deserved if they are willing to go down like this and not make any changes. And they've got a game on Sunday. They have an opportunity to do that. But I, I, guys, I, I'm, I'm tired of doing this every week. This is We could have done the show last week. We're doing it again this week, and we'll probably do it again next week. That's how this is. This is how this goes. Because the thing that they can do in order to potentially change this, they won't pull that ripcord. No, it doesn't seem like they're going to. And I get it. Like as as excited as I am for Aaron Rodgers, um, I get you don't want to toe the line of potentially making him mad and having him retire, whatever. But at this point, what else do you have to lose? You never really got the chance to see him play for you. So like if he just retired next year because you fired Nathaniel Hackett and wanted to actually bring in a, a smart offensive mind, You're perhaps he might pick. like that system. You're out one second round pick. Right. Not a first. Right. You're out a second round pick and you just reset. Exactly. And and obviously that would suck. Like that would really suck to see as a fan and be a part of. But if that's the the line that you don't want to cross, I don't know. Sometimes the the risk is worth it to me because you can't I can't stop I can't keep watching these concepts that Nathaniel Hackett's running. You go into two minute offense and all you run is bench, which is essentially for anybody who might play Madden or has played Madden. You just run two corner routes with two out routes underneath. Every single two minute play is an iteration of bench. I don't care what formation they're in. It's always going to be a two by two look and they'll just run bench out breaking routes for Zach Wilson. And he does not do well with them. So it's just so funny that it's just predictable at this point. The runs were predictable in the beginning of the season. Now the pass concepts are becoming predictable. The drop that Alan Lazard had was the exact same concept that they threw the pick on later in the game. So teams are understanding that this is a very basic stale offense and you can blame whoever you want at this point, but big changes need to be made if this is going to continue because you can't just wait for the season to be completely out of playoff contention and then start looking back and trying to figure things out. That's the thing, and that's what we won't know. We'll wrap up here, but that's what drives me nuts. I I was thinking about this today, obviously, because I don't think about anything else because I'm a maniac. Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I don't even know who to be mad at. Like, I'm a Joe Douglas guy, but I'm looking at this offseason like, Jesus, this is terrible. But would And I said this the other day. Would anybody be surprised if we find out later that when all this happened, if, if we find out Woody Johnson said, Joe, get Aaron Rodgers, and give him what he wants, and don't ask any questions. And Joe Douglas might just – am I supposed to believe Joe Douglas loved Robert Turner and, and 38-year-old Randall Cobb mm-hmm. and, and all these guys who are not good and they just happen to be friends with Aaron Rodgers? Um, is Robert Sala being forced to play Zach Wilson? Or did Joe Douglas say, you know what, I, I want to make sure there's no one else in the building other than Aaron to threaten Zach Wilson – so I'm going to get Tim Boyle, and then we're going to add Trevor Simeon to keep on the practice squad, and hopefully somebody poaches him. Like, I, I, I don't know who to be mad at because some of the moves are so bad, but we don't know what level they start at. And, again, when this whole Aaron Rodgers thing happened, and, and that's what I'm saying, Chris, I, I, don't, I don't feel bad for them. They've made their bed. I've right. said this a million times. I, I talked about this on, on Scott Mason's podcast. We said even before the trade happened, we said the Jets are approaching this like the entire offseason plan is get Aaron and everything else will be okay. And there was no other – it didn't go any deeper than that. There was no, like, plan B. What if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? I tweeted out months ago, 
that you can't take this team seriously as a Super Bowl contender if your plan is Zach Wilson is QB2 and you don't go get a Gardner Minshew or a viable veteran quarterback who can score you 21 points a game. And that so that they deserve every ounce of criticism they're getting. I feel bad for people who have talked themselves into the fact that this team is going to make the playoffs because they're not. But it's that they're even going to beat Buffalo. They're going to lose week. on Sunday. What are we doing just, here? Like, it's amazing how we've gotten to the Jets are going to beat Buffalo because they lost to Denver <laughs> on a on a mistake at the end of the game. I mean, obviously they had a plenty of mistakes in the game, but it's a vicious cycle that we're going through. I, we'll be I'm all not. the way down in the dumps. No, I feel like everybody on this podcast is predicting a loss for the Jets, rightfully so. Yeah. So I mean, coming off coming off a loss and you're back at home in Buffalo. They're going to play well under their new offensive coordinator. It's probably going to be ten point loss for the Jets. That's that's let's, how I'm seeing it. Let's do that. Let's predict some scores and wrap this thing up. Gotcha. All right. I'll just I'll just stick with mine. I'm going to go twenty one to ten. Jets loss. Twenty three nine. Jets loss. And real quick, Glenn, we should do a show discussing Joe Douglas's draft history because it's getting worse and worse by the day. Seventeen six. Jets lose. That'll do it for this one, Jets fans. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully my guy Izzy Abanacanda lights it up and my guy Jason Brownlee gets some targets. That's what I want to see, but I don't think we're going to. We got to run Jets fans. Have a good one.